It's not worth winning if you can't win Hello and welcome everybody to the Cake Eaters podcast. We have a very special holiday themed podcast for you today. Heath, this is probably going to be my favorite episode that we ever do because we have Marguerite Moreau, who plays Connie Moreau in the original uh, Duck movies. The Velvet Hammer. The Velvet Hammer. We are today we are talking about her 2016 just, you know, classic movie should have should have been award winning. A Hallmark Christmas movie titled Love Always, Santa. And Brandon, we are about to fucking jingle bell rock this bad boy right now. (laughs) We are fired up. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I mean, you are Mr. Hallmark movie, right? You celebrate Christmas in July. You do the dang thing. I am a sucker for a Hallmark Christmas movie, especially the the, um, festival known as Christmas in July, wherever July they, they run through all the Christmas movies as well. Uh, huge fan of all of them. I have loved every single Hallmark Christmas movie I think I've ever seen, but I couldn't tell you the name of any of them or any details about them. They just go in one ear, right, th- in one ear, right out the other, you know? You know who can tell you the names, the actors, and the plot lines to all of them? None other than the queen of Hallmark Christmas movies, my mother, Mama D, because yes. Brandon, she crushes those bad boys 365 days a year to the point where I actually don't care for them too much uh, because we just always had to watch them. But I did promise her. I called her last night. We spoke on the phone. I promised her that I would be nice to Hallmark Christmas movies. And <laughs> luckily for her, I didn't have to be forced. This was actually a great movie. You know, Marguerite crushes it. So I will. Yeah, I will say Marguerite does amazing in this. All all of the actors are uh, are pretty fantastic in it. Um, The the plot leaves a lot to be desired. But I will say, like you mentioned, this as far as Hallmark movies go, this is like the top echelon. It's not a great movie, but it's it's the one of the best Hallmark Christmas movies I've ever seen, Uh, because a lot of a lot of them are real tough to get through. A lot of them are just cliche after cliche and there's very little charm to them. Like it can be a real slog to get through this one. This one was, I thought fun and charming and, you know, it hit all the same cliches and stereotypes that all they all hit, but I think it it did it in a, in a more easy to watch way. Absolutely. And before we get into the breakdown, I just want to tell the listeners that If you are looking for this on your streaming devices, you may not find it. It's not always available on the Hallmark streaming, but if you pull up that that cable, that DVR, and you record it, you can just watch it back again and again. So keep an eye out for it on the Hallmark channels. It's a great one. Yeah, it's it's not on any uh, streaming services or anything like that. Uh, The... The, the way me and, me and Heath had to watch it, Heath did the DVR thing. I don't have a fancy DVR, so I had to literally uh, time watch. I, went, I, had, I had to go on the Hallmark website, and you can go, you can search the movie on the Hallmark website, and it'll tell you the next time it's going to play on the Hallmark channel. 
And so I looked that up, found the time, put it in my calendar and just had to wait, just had to wait it out. And, and then watched it at 8 a.m. <laughs> a, a bright and early. Yes, yes. A great, great time to watch a Christmas movie, 8 a.m. <laughs> in the middle 8, of November. Yeah, on a Thursday, I think it was. <laughs> great stuff. So just wanted to give the, the listeners out there an opportunity to, to watch it and follow along. But before we get into what is probably going to be one of the greatest breakdowns of a movie of all time, because Brandon has some keys to give yes. listeners an update on how to find, how to track down what will be the best Hallmark Christmas movies. So, so yeah. So with my, my that, yeah. Do you want to do the description before we, yes, we yeah. Before, go, go ahead and hit us, hit us with the description for, for love. Always Santa. Love always Santa. Brandon, we open the movie. It pans in. We have our young friend Lily. She's writing a letter to Santa. She's crossing the T's. She's dotting the I's. And what does she want, Brandon? She wants she doesn't want presents. She doesn't want gifts because her favorite book tells her that the greatest, greatest gifts of all, they can't be wrapped. They can't because it's love, Brandon. It's fucking love. Is that is that what is that what she meant? I, I don't I don't know. I'm just kind of projecting my own thoughts and feelings. Into I do I do like I do like uh, she mentions it's a line from her favorite book, The Christmas Bow, which is a fictional book, not yeah. not a real book. Sorry, sorry for all the the fans out there. No need to Google it. We got you. Um, but she she when she mentions that line, she goes uh, she says something about not understanding it, not understanding what the what the author meant until now. Now she yeah. gets it. Now she gets it. Before, she just wanted a PlayStation, but now tragedy struck the family, Brandon, and her, her dad passed away. We don't get the exact details, but in it was away. three Christmases ago, I think they mentioned okay. late, later on in the movie, three Christmases ago. But we don't know what happened to him, right? Like, you, you no, can assume I, maybe they, an they accident or a sudden they, onset illness. I would imagine based on the way that nobody wants to talk about it ever, that it was sudden. Um, but uh, yeah, they don't mention what it was. They don't mention, I don't even think they mention his name. Do they? They just call him dad. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait, there's a couple, there's a couple scenes when she's talking to other people, not, not her daughter, uh, where she is about to say his name and then she just goes silent, which was yeah. real weird. Um, but whatever. They had some weird force, like, you know, like heartfelt moments, but that's all right. But the good news is Lily finishes up that letter. And while she's finishing up that letter, we get our first look at our girl, Marguerite coming in. It was my, one of my favorite parts of the movie, honestly, where there's a great camera work. They open and she's, uh, she's putting the Turkey in the oven and she's talking to her. She's like, you will not be dry. You will not be bad this year. You are going to be a succulent and delicious Turkey. You know, she's going to so, slow cook bad, bad boy for 36 <laughs> hours, 36 hours. I, the part it's I dangerous. Loved, the part I loved about it though, she, she's talking to the Turkey and she's like, you are not going to be bland. Yeah. And, then they, and then they zoom out and they show the turkey and there's zero seasoning on that turkey at all. There's no chance that turkey is not going to be the blandest thing ever. She controls the spice. Yeah, yeah this is not the turkey's fault. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Marguerite. That's uh, that, that was we, we expected so, a little bit more, at least a go, nice brine. You know what I'm, I mean? I'm, like at least gotta yeah. get a nice brine on that bad boy. I'm, I'm going to need you to help me out here. Okay. Because uh, like I mentioned, I don't remember anything about any of these movies. Um, so what, 
what is Marguerite's character's name? Do you know? Uh, Cindy. Cindy. Because Ra- I, I think they say Cindy wants shit. We're going to have to Google this for a second. But, Here, I'm, um, I'm pulling it, I'm pulling it up. Because Randy calls her it's, his it's, Cindy Lou Who. It's Celia is her name. Celia. Oh, damn. Uh, I thought it was Cindy. Cindy Lou Who. I think he was making like a Grinch joke. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Randy's full of jokes. But yeah, so we got we got Celia, who is Marguerite Moreau. And then we have her her daughter, Lily, who's the, the one writing the letter. That's, that's, that's what we got so far. Yeah. Yeah. And so we kind of wrap that up. We've got a great turkey day. We've got Lily sending that letter off. because, And they show her um, sending the letter because the 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 mailman is out front of Celia's a uh, bakery. And yeah, she owns a, a cafe. The the, a cafe. Bun, the bun also rises. Uh, excellent. Which is, a, excellent. If, if you couldn't tell by the name, is a Ernest Hemingway themed cafe slash bakery. What, like. That's the stuff that makes where, these Hallmark you, movies gold. Where do you even come up with that? <laughs> brilliant hallmark writer unlike disney they, they didn't leave they left no stone unturned for this one um but after the letter gets mailed we see it kind of getting shipped through the mail through a montage and then it ends up at santa inc which is a business that receives letters to santa and then responds back and in there we have our two favorite ladies, um, and I forget one of their names, but we I know we've got our girl June there who so always I remember, forgets her hearing aids, and that's a fun wrinkle. I remember these names. So I remember June and then Esther. June and Esther are the, the, the two the two old ladies who are, are manning the ship for Santa Inc. Yep, yep. And then we've got our boy Jake who wrote the Christmas bone book. Yes. Yes. So, so Jake, Jake is the author of the Christmas bow. And then he also, and but so he wrote that, I think they mentioned he wrote that a while ago. He's recently gone through a divorce. June and Esther give him a little teasing about that. Um, and he has writer's block because of the, divorce. because of the, because of the divorce. So he's not writing books right now, but to keep kind of the, you know, the mental writing muscles going, he's writing as if he's Santa, he's writing yeah. back to, to all these kids. And it just so happens that, Lily, whose favorite author, her favorite book is Christmas Bow by Jake. Her Santa letter happens to find Jake. What a yeah. what a coincidence. He just he snaps awake on the couch and what is sitting on his chest, Brandon, but a letter that just all of a sudden it starts pulling, it starts tugging on mm-hmm, those heartstrings mm-hmm. so hard and he just empties his soul into this eight-page response back. Eight-page response. So Lily wrote him uh, a multiple-page letter saying, my mom is incredibly sad since since my dad died. bring her light back. Yes, yes. And then Jake responds back. And some of the lines he has in his letter that they they have him say are, I mean, they're fantastic. It's beautiful writing. Yeah, it's a beautiful writing. Emotional. Yeah, eight eight goddamn pages, though. Although I do have to say his penmanship, wow, it was flawless. Like, are you cursive? Are you? Are you? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I have in my notes in big bold letters terrible handwriting. What his cursive? That was delightful cursive. No, it was. It was not delightful. Oh come on! That was that was rudimentary cursive at best. Wow. Well, my cursive accidentally like all gets pushed. I always used to get in trouble in school all the time because I would write like 
one sentence would look like one long word and like a paragraph <laughs> would look like one long word that just went for a paragraph. Um, so I thought it was great, Brandon. I, I think it was they, not, it was not great handwriting. It was, it wow. was pretty terrible. It was, well, what do you, they used cursive too. I mean, come on, no one writes in cursive. Yeah. Well, he was, he, was great. Well, being the, the pretentious fucking writer he is, he's writing in cursive. And then he's using, uh, he's not using a normal pen. He's using like an old fashioned ink pen. Yeah. He um, has like one of those sets. Yeah. He's just being, uh, you know, that's that, something that, that Schmidt would have. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just, what are those called? Why am I blanking on what that's called? I forget what it is too, but, but everybody knows what we're talking about. It's like, you know, yeah. he, he's dipping the calligraphy calligraphy set. Yeah. He's dipping the, instead of like a normal ballpoint pen, like a normal fucking person, yeah. he's dipping the tip of his pen into the ink and then writing that way. Just, okay. you know, just being so, pretentious for pretentious sake. So I have two things on this and then we can move on because there's no point sticking on this. But number one, I feel like that's something that Schmidt would say to the roommates when he comes out of his room uh, when, that he has to put money in the douchebag jar for. Has anyone seen my calligraphy set? <laughs> Schmidt jar. Yeah. Uh, number two, this it reminds me of Harry Potter, right? To have their mm-hmm. quills and yeah. they they do all their homework on parchment. You know, I mm-hmm. always, whenever I listen to those books back, I always think about like how difficult it must have been to like mess up on your homework. You know, oh, start yeah. scrolling that parchment all over again, man. Well, I mean, J- Jake does that in uh, later on in the movie when he's trying to write. Um, when he hasn't heard from. Celia for a couple of days, he's trying to like write another letter to like get her to, to start talking again. And he does that where he'll, he'll, he wrote, he writes like a sentence or two. And then he's like, Oh no, 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 that's not how I want to do it. So he has to scrap the whole paper and yeah. start all over just killing, and, tr- killing trees left and right. And so before that, but that's actually a perfect lead in. This is a, back on this track. is a, pre- this movie takes place in present day too. Why the fuck are yeah. we not emailing? Because didn't you hear she says, okay, so this brings us back. So Lily's mom and Jake become pen pals and they're writing back and forth. And when she, she addresses it, uh, love always to love always Santa. That's how he signs off the first letter to Lily is love always Santa. Yeah. And so Um, that's how she tries to address it to him because she felt silly writing it to Santa. Um, And so, but what, what she does is when they become pen pals back and forth, she mentions she feels classic, Brandon. It's so I, much better than I wrote, the tablets and the phones. Yeah. It's a beautiful line. I, I wrote that line down because she or she said she says, I don't I don't want to use the word giddy because I don't think that's correct. Classic. I feel classic, which like okay. Whatever. Because she's it's two <laughs> it's two pretentious writers going back and forth. I bet they both graduated from NYU. I'm not, she's no, they, I, there's no way they graduated from from it's NYU. Being facetious, Brandon. Why? Why is NYU your like go to pretentious? I don't know. I just feel like they're probably all dicks. Um, but anyways, <laughs> so as they're going back and forth, uh, sorry to all of our NYU fans out there. Yeah, we, we have a we have a big contingent of uh, <laughs> of NYU supporters. Go Violets! It's a sophisticated podcast that uh, brings them in. Uh, but anyway, so they're writing these letters back and forth, yada yada yada, and then all of a sudden they stop Spill, spilling their hearts to each other. They're Just, they're bonding. Emptying Bonding. their souls onto the pages of these letters. But and they, they stop. And why do they stop? 
Because the sister sucks, and we will because, go on. We will talk about yeah, this soon. Because Cecilia's sister sucks. Yeah, her sister that's, is the worst. Talk about uh, some alliteration. That's a t-shirt right there. Cecilia's <laughs> sister sucks. That's, that's too much. But that's why they stop. <laughs> and so the letters stop because her sister talks her out of being a pen pal back and forth writing to Santa because I, she wants a solid relationship with Randy to take place in Blossom. So I, so her sister drives me crazy. I want to talk about this before we move on because her okay. sister's reasoning for her, like not for her to stop writing these letters and to just settle down with Randy is the most bullshit thing ever. It I, happens it, all the time though. It, which doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. I don't understand why people like go out of their way to like settle like that. Like I don't because maybe maybe you the, are indoctrinated at a young age in the Midwest that when you grow up, you graduate college, you get married, you have babies. And if you aren't doing that and you're not following that path, then you're weird and you're already, not doing it right. Cecilia's already got a baby though. She's done. She popped one out, good to go, right off into the sunset. I know, but she says it later in the movie that like where she just flat out admits that I was a huge asshole and selfishly, I wanted you to stay here and be miserable with me instead of following yeah, your yeah. own dreams in your heart. Yes. And so, so that's, that's, that's her motive. Her sister's motivation is to, cause her sister in her eyes at this moment, she, she, her, she has a change of heart later at the end, but yeah. her sister in her eyes at this moment had to settle for the life she has. Yeah. So she's doing her fucking damnedest to make her sister settle for a life too. Yeah. And I just don't, I've never, I, I get the whole Midwest, like you're indoctrinated to do all that. I just, maybe it's the, the introvert in like my introverted tendencies to where like, I would so much rather be alone than be with somebody I don't want to be with. I'm with you right there, but like, it just, I don't know. I, it, it was a very shitty thing for her sister to do because oh, it just it doesn't make any sense. But I, I don't know. And like do, siblings, some siblings are like that though, right? Where it's like they're weirdly competitive and yeah. they like are always back and forth. Like I, my sister and I are four years apart. And so like there was always a little bit of that, like she babysat me growing up, right? And so there was always that little bit of like, kind of like almost like a second mom. Instead of like a sibling back and forth. Cause like when I started middle school, she started high school. When I started high school, she started college, you know? And then I was basically an only child for uh, four years of high school. I still yell yeah. at her about that. Yeah. I think cause, cause my sister's five years younger than me. Yeah. So we, we had the, the same uh, kind of setup that you, you and your sister had to where we missed each other in all the schools, Yeah. which I think was nice and contributed to like, Cause I don't have a single ounce of competitiveness with my sister. No you way. Know, I, yeah. Support, I like yeah. 1 million percent. Like yeah. it's, it's only like, you, if, I want her to be more successful so she can buy me things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like, listen, like Heidi rescued me from a few tight spots in, in my mm -hmm. lifetime, you know? And if she wouldn't have been out there kicking ass, I would have been in trouble, yeah. you know? So like, that's, a, that's but, a, I, and that's I, why I, I never understood that because like, yeah, we like, battled back and forth when we were like little little kids because that's what like little kids do right yeah. but once we got older we were kind of like oh cool you do your thing i do my thing yeah so. i think i think a lot of that has to do with like not being in the same school and not being like so, so close in age because i think the the competitiveness and i they never really give us like the age difference between uh celia and her sister they seem um, really close though yeah they seemed like a grade apart maybe yeah. two grades apart something like yeah. that yeah yeah um 
so yeah, yeah. I, I think that kind of when you're that close, it can it can lead to some more competitiveness between siblings. But I mean, this I mean, she takes it beyond competitiveness. She's like actively trying to ruin her sister's life. Yeah, it was really <laughs> shitty. It, it, it reminded me of uh, Bob's Burgers with Linda and I don't know why I'm and Gail, Linda, and oh, yeah. Bob's Burgers and all. Yeah, that's Mr. Business. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, okay, so. Back to the breakdown. Um, so the, the letters stop. And uh, before the letter, and Jake is trying to figure out a response back. And like, how mm-hmm. does he get the letters going again? And before this, his uh, publisher or his uh, agent was kind of trying to get him to go back out and do book signings. And so Jake has a brilliant idea. He looks at the return address from Lily's letter. And he's like, hey, Get me a book signing in this small town in Minnesota. Did you see what town it was in Minnesota? Yes, it's uh, and it's a real town, oh, real nice. town. It's the the great city of Northfield, Minnesota. Northfield. Did you did you map that at all? Do you know how close that I is to the Canadian border, or is I it close did, to Minneapolis? I did not map it. Um, I just know it's a it's a because I read a couple things. Hold on, yeah. I read a couple things about the production of the movie. Okay. And like all the all the business names, because um, they filmed it in in Northfield, and okay. so all all the businesses that they show in there are actual Northfield businesses, except for the Bun Also Rises. That was a that was a fake one they added. It was a movie set. Um, but so let's see here. They are Northfield. Looks like south of Minneapolis. Okay. St. Paul. Let's get a. Maybe maybe a little closer to Mankato. Uh no, so it's it's not so Mankato is like southwest. Okay. This one's uh Northfield's like straight south. Okay. Um we're looking, oh it's it's not that far at all. We're looking like a 50-minute drive from mini from downtown Minneapolis to downtown Northfield. Oh, not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad. Well, so our boy Jake. He flies out to Northfield for his book signing. Oh, he, fly, he flies to Minneapolis, then rents a car and drives. Because yes. the, the other the other part that they kind of mentioned, but don't really mention J- Jake's living in Chicago at the at the moment. He's in oh, Chicago. I, I, I assumed it was like Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, something like that. Yeah, he's in Chicago. That's where Santa Inc. is. Um, okay. And that's where he's living. And so, yeah, so they fly for he fly him and his agent. Who the age the guy who plays the agent, uh Jay Black is the actor's name, also the guy who wrote the movie. Oh, nice. So. I love that. Just like uh, the ducks. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's, that's great. Wait, did you hear their back and forth as Jake is pulling up to do the signing where he's like, Oh, I knew I should have gotten the insurance on the car. Because it like, sounded like, do you think he'll notice? Like it sounds like they got like uh, they like sideswiped someone, maybe, and they, they were debating on whether they leave a note for the I insurance for. You didn't hear I, that? I heard like they mentioned insurance, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. He's like, do you think they, they'll like, notice? Sideswipe somebody. That's what I assume because he's like, do you think they'll notice? I should have yeah. gotten the insurance. Well, they they do wreck the car later. Yeah, it's, they, <laughs> they, <laughs> listeners, if you rent a car, just do the insurance, man. Then you don't have to worry. You can just. And if you're renting, up. if you're flying anywhere in the Midwest during the winter, and you're renting a car, get an drive. SUV, four wheel drive SUV. They, they rented like a little, was it like a Toyota? I think it was a Toyota. Yeah, they like got a sedan, like, Toyota sedan. Yeah, they got they like just, the little Hyundai, and that is going to go in the snow, you know, every time. Yeah, it's going to end up. If, if, 
those cars now, because they have front wheel drive and a lot of them have like slip traction stuff, they, they can get through there pretty well. If I can drive from Wayne to Fremont in a full scale blizzard in a Grand Prix, they, they should have been fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So, okay, so, they, so they fly to Minneapolis because he's, he's doing a book tour and he's like, you know where we need to do a book tour? Northfield, Minnesota. Yeah, it's going to sell out. And it, it, you see a it, lot it of does. There's there. a yeah, ton of fucking people there. It's a jam. The whole fucking audience. town is there. They showed out big fans. He does the reading. It's a beautiful moment. He meets Lily's mom and they start to flirt back and forth because. Yes. Well, so, so he meets. He. he he meets Lily first. Lily yes. takes her, Lily takes him to the the cafe. Yeah, and so some hot chocolate. So at this at this point in the story, Jake knows that Lily is Lily and that his his her mom is the one she he's been writing to. Yeah. But Lily and Cecilia don't know that Jake is Santa or Love Always Santa. They don't know he's the one that's been writing to them. Yes, and they keep. And he and Jake keeps getting interrupted right before yeah. he's about to tell them. So like he, right he off was, the bat, he was about to do him. he was about to do the smart thing right off the bat and just be yeah. like, "Hey, I'm Santa." And then, and then fucking Randy. Rand, my favorite is he introduces himself. He's like, "Hey, it's Randy with a Y." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that set the tone for what a bad mother lover Randy was going to be for the rest of the okay, show. Randy, like, Randy is, oh, Randy. One of the scenes, he has a nice, ugly Christmas sweater, too. Like, whoever, oh, yeah. did, the, he's whoever got, did the clothing he's, for this was awesome. They yeah. get home run. And uh, <laughs> Brady Smith is the guy who, who plays Randy. He fucking nails it because he's got the, he's, we- he's wearing the weird little Christmas sweaters. He's got the the creepy little mustache going. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's talking about taking her line dancing. Yeah. He's just like the the most ridiculous like goober that is trying to win Celia over. And it's, he is uh, a townie that has never left and probably considers Minneapolis the big city. Right? He's when, like he's never when, gotten to a city bigger than Minneapolis. Yes. And when we first meet Randy at at Thanksgiving dinner. Um, at the beginning of the movie, he's talking to Cecilia and he's like, that turkey was amazing. If I would have known you would have been such a great cook, I would have asked you to prom. And then Cecilia goes, well, I would have been in eighth grade at the time. And <laughs> so just like trying to be sweet and like give her a compliment and just fucking turns himself into a pedophile. Yeah, you know, he classic just, Randy. Yeah, Randy just has no tact and no like social IQ. He is, he is not smooth at all. <laughs> oh man, like his game is non-existent. You know, unless it's talk, unless it's talking about potato cannons, <laughs> I've got nothing for you. And I'm, I thank you for calling it a cannon. You thank you. Yeah, it's not a potato gun, Brandon. It's yeah, a potato it's a cannon. cannon. Yeah. <laughs> get your shit straight um so they're they're kind of going back and forth and so um they convince jake to stay for an open mic night at uh, cafe. marguerite's mm-hmm. cafe and as it's about to be jake's turn to go up there he's going to he's talking he's ready to he's about to be usher brandon he's about to deliver his confession just when did you did you Think that when he said, "This is my confession." Yeah. 
like uh, literally when I was in the kitchen making making myself some food and I was like these are my confessions <laughs> that's, that was it that song came out when I was a senior in high school oh that's a, uh, the album is fantastic oh it's part it's two oh, and the fact the fact that you dropped part two before part one fucking marketing genius I mean listen Usher was just red hot that year and some of that that album was unstoppable i feel like a lot of new people well, not new, new people is a is a, not the phrase i was going for a lot of younger people don't technically un- they are newer. <laughs> <laughs> i think that's a great way to repackage yeah. young people it's like you, you hey new people to, to all the people that are newer than us out there <laughs> but i don't think they i don't think they understand how important usher was uh during that time Oh, like your your senior year of high school, that would have been like my freshman year, maybe eighth grade. Two thousand four, baby, class of 04. So yeah, so that would have been my eighth grade. Um, but yeah, from from like my sixth grade to my junior year, I would say. So that would have been what two thousand two to like two thousand six. Usher was dominant. He was all anybody was talking to him. Yeah, he was the Bruno Mars. Yeah, you had yeah, you had confessions. There was, you know, hit after hit, dude. Oh, dude, we would, uh, there was an 18 and over club in Norfolk that we would go road trip to. We would, we would actually, just a little insight into how small town youths party, but we would road trip to the 18 and over club in Norfolk and we would take the back country roads and you would put your case of beer and you would line it up through like, you know how you could put the cup holders down in the back seat and then you mm-hmm. could reach mm-hmm. into the trunk. And so you just line it up there. And so if the cops came, you just tip that bad boy up and, you know, hide it. But that's why you took the country roads. You just kind of weasel your way there you're crushing beers rolling up to the 18 and over club and then yeah comes on as soon as you get in oh my word your boy was throwing down on that dance floor that was back when i was like cool and hip or at least i thought i was cool and hip. <laughs> that's, I, that's probably a very very key yeah. uh, key thing to note there is that <laughs> i i thought i was very I mean, hip and cool for, for for Wayne, Nebraska, you were probably hip and cool. I was you know. nice, you know, like I was always you were, nice to everybody. You were small town hip, you know. You, yeah, were, you, we were, you, you were the you were the Randy. You were the Randy. Except I got out. <laughs> <laughs> probably too much. Like I, I too much. Now I can't stay in one place for, for longer than that. But anyways, <laughs> a little left off field there yeah. again. Back, um, back to the movie. So, so he so we're at open mic night jake oh, is yeah getting, jake's getting ready to bear confess, his soul confess again and then he gets interrupted by randy again yeah and then randy comes flying in there and comes in hot with very a, rudely takes with over a cuba yeah rudely shoes jake off the stage and, and you then think he's pro- gonna propose you think he's gonna propose he gets, you think he gets down on one knee again because he's not smooth he doesn't understand any social cues but instead of proposing with a ring uh, and asking her to marry him, he tells Cecilia, I want to take you to Cuba. Because, because previously we got some insight that that was a thing for her and her husband. Brandon, break it down. By the way. So her, so the, when Jake co- comes to the coffee shop the first time, 
she he starts talking to her about like the the menus and like what the, the name of the store and all the the Ernest Hemingway pun she has. And that's when she gives you some backstory of her and her uh her just her deceased uh, husband, yeah. um, were huge Hemingway fans and they did like trips that were like Heming- Hemingway based. And so one of the ones that they didn't get to do before he passed away was go to Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense because I believe at that time you couldn't travel to and from Cuba from the US. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. It was tough. But so, if anybody if so anybody then, could figure it out, it's the Velvet Hammer. That's, that's true. She would she would drop the hammer on people trying to uh, prevent her from getting there. But, <laughs> but yeah, so Randy jumps in, and then when that all happens, Jake is like, oh boy. You know, I thought they only went on one date, but it looks a lot more serious than we yeah, thought. They're going it was to going fucking to. Cuba. They're going to Cuba. But before that, you know, he was going to proofread Lily's book because that's how him and her were bonding. He was going to, she wants to be a writer. So he was going to get her a deal. Right. And so he left her a note that said, no notes, the book's great or whatever the fuck it said, love Jake, you know, mm-hmm. kind of hinting wink, wink on the same paper. Hey, did, he, did, uh, did he write love always Jake or just love Jake? Oh, love always Jake. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah you're right. And Sorry. So, I always forget the love. Yeah. Always. So, so, so that happens. He leaves the note for Lily. Then while this, before the Cuba thing happens, uh, Cecilia Marguerite, she is, she's having uh, reservations about not writing back to love always Santa. She's like, I need to write one more letter before Christmas. Yeah. So she writes a letter and she goes up to the postman um, who, who we've had a couple interactions with during this movie. And it's like, Hey, I know it's Christmas Eve, but do you think this could de- get delivered by tomorrow? Yeah. And this is the postman gives a really weird, like, uh, like nod wink, like implication that he's like, like the magic, like her, her fairy godmother or something like that, because he sees the, he gets the, the letter from him, sees Jake's coat hanging up in the corner mm-hmm. and the look he gives is so he knows that that love always Santa is Jake somehow they don't ever fucking explain that I'm convinced he's magic he's got to be a magic postman right he is Santa Claus okay so only explanations for how he would know it's fucking Jake so the first time I watched the movie I I must have been like looking down and taking a bite of food or something because I missed the mailman putting the letter into Jake's pocket I was like how in the actual F did this guy get the letter? Like, <laughs> the post office does not work that way. Like, have you not seen the delays right now? Like, the post office is the worst. That's why people love UPS. And I was like, and so I, I ran it back this morning and I was like, oh, yeah. like I was gearing up for this whole rant about like how that didn't make any damn sense. And it was just because I, for the one moment in time, I wasn't paying attention, missed a very key part in the, in the movie. So, yeah. Yeah. But so, so he puts the, the letter in Jake's pocket and then, so then Jake leaves town because, because yeah. the whole Cuba thing, he's, he's embarrassed. He's like, I need it. We just need to go home. This was a yeah. bad idea. Yeah. So him and H- Hank, who's his agent, yeah. Start driving back to the airport, right? They're driving. And, and we we know Hank is not good at driving in the snow. So no, this that. is this is where they wreck the car. So they wreck the car on the way to the airport in the middle yeah. of nowhere. They break into some person's barn. Yeah, some poor is, farmer in the middle farmer, of Minnesota. Whose farm is, is littered with Christmas decor um, and Christmas presents. And it's got Christmas lights and a Christmas tree up in an abandoned barn. As like, all abandoned <laughs> barns in the Midwest do, Brandon. Exactly. Come on. Exactly. 
if you haven't learned this from all of the Christmas Hallmark movies you watch, Christmas spirit is fucking born in the Midwest. It is it is <laughs> nested in the Midwest. And as Christmas spirit hatches from the eggs in the Midwest, it migrates south. <laughs> That's how Christmas spirit works. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> so you're but welcome. So, so, so they break into this barn and they spend the night there uh, just to get away from the cold. And then the next morning, they're trying to, you know, get um, the next plane out. Um, yeah. And this is when Hank, the, the agent, um, is looking for the, the their previous plane tickets. And he finds the letter for Marguerite. Yeah. And up until now, he's been a little cautious. He's been like, why are we doing this? You yeah. know, you barely know this girl. You need yeah. to do this. He it's reads a pen the, pal. Quit being yeah. weird. He reads the letter she sent to him and he has a he, complete turn. He's like, we need to go back. This is this is the love of your life. Let's fucking yeah. do this. Um, Because because then he got so in the midst of all this, you also uh, have uh, he's talking with Randy. Yeah. About about the potato cannon. Yeah, um, and, he and wants the book to, tour. He wants to get a book deal done for Randy about his potato cannon, and so he he's talking to Randy and getting more information on it. So that's when he tells Jake they're not in love; they've only been on one fucking date. Yeah, you're fine. Go ruin their relationship. It's not even a relationship. You're not going to yeah. be the bad guy. You're not uh, the the other woman like Jake. Thinks yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. But so uh, the the car's wrecked, so they don't know what to do. Uh, Jake ends up finding uh is a a, a one horse open sleigh. Yeah, the, the agent finds the one horse open sleigh while Jake is uh, getting a white scarf around his face yeah. and a full red suit. Yes, and so he takes the the one oh horse boy. open sleigh back to town to try to to get uh to win Cecilia over. Yeah, and, and while, while yeah, while, while all of that's happening, happening, you have Cecilia and Lily are having some breakthroughs in regards yeah. to the dead dad, right? Yeah. It's, it's some real emotional breakthroughs that they needed to have. They're talking, they're processing, they're moving on. Yes. And Lily brings up, there's a tradition that they always did, all three of them, where they would yep. go to the wishing well. Yeah. She mentions this like way earlier in the movie too, but then they start talking about it more seriously now. And she's like, I want to go back to the wishing well. Yeah. Um, so her and Cecilia are like, let's go back to the, let's go back to the wishing well. Meanwhile, it's a blizzard, right? You can't drive the car because it's a fucking blizzard. Yeah, so can't get it out. Cecilia calls on the neighborhood hero, otherwise known as Mike Sullivan. And so Mike Sullivan—that was his, a fun storyline, right? So, so his, Mike his, Sullivan and Lily have kind of had this like elementary school romance going on in the background. Yes, so, L- L- Lily mentions like two or three times about how she has a crush on Mike Sullivan. And they run um, into each other at one of the winter festivals. At the, at the, the Christmas yeah, fair. Yeah. They run in, we, we, we did skip over the, the Ferris wheel almost kiss that, that oh, Cecilia yeah. and Jake had, but whatever. It's fine. We're, we're yeah. skipping through this real quick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's the same plot as every other Hallmark movie. It really, but, it really was. <laughs> my, I was telling my... Well, my, my one of my senior managers about how we were going to break down this movie. And she was like, okay, so what part of this plot line does it follow? And she basically, I was nailed like, it. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking I mean, nailed it. Crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Lily mentions a couple times that Mike Sullivan is the kid at school he, she has a crush on. Um, and Mike Sullivan being the hero of the neighborhood happens to have a snowmobile. And a so, badass, obviously. Yeah, it's it's a fucking eight year old kid who has like a legit like badass fucking snowmobile that he rides over on. 
And then he lets them, so he lets them uh, take the snowmobile to the wishing well. And my favorite part is Lily's like, wait, we're just going to leave Mike Sullivan at our house while we take the snowmobile and go away. And Cecilia is like, yeah, Mike, you can stay here. The kitchen is full. And he's yeah. like, ah, say no more. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. Like, Could you, you guys, imagine too? You guys had, go like, have some Mountain Dews in the fridge. Oh, and some Cheeto puffs. And she, she, owns, she owns a cafe. She's probably got baked goods in there. Oh my goodness, the cookies and milk. Dude. Oh my word. Mike, great trade for Mike. Oh wow. yeah, dude. Because you've got cookies, you've got probably got cupcakes. You probably have like, oh dude, like you know, like the cookies where you put like the big chip in the middle. You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, those were always the best. And Mama D makes some next level scotcheroos. Okay. That's okay. You know, it's scotcheroos. We always did soup during like Christmas time, though. That was because it's it was like negative degrees and usually like really cold so we always had soups I was, a little chicken noodle a little chili even for like like christmas dinner you just chow down on soups well we do uh soups on christmas eve and then christmas day we do like turkey it's like uh thanksgiving times two the second thanksgiving interesting interesting yeah. not a big soup stuff. guy one, one year i went to um the return of the king in theaters on christmas eve with the, with the boys or <laughs> pretty fucking cool and um <laughs> it, me not realizing that the movie was going to be like three and a half hours long got home mama d was just on one because i was about to we were about to miss church because yeah. i had to run home Put on the slacks really quick, and we had to get out the door. But man, worth it! What a movie! It's about time for my quarterly rewatch. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so Mike Sullivan's chilling at home. They're taking the snowmobile. They go to the wishing well. They're having a heartfelt moment, and then Jake. Here's the climax of the movie. Jake comes riding in on his one horse open sleigh. He, <laughs> Over the fields he goes, yes. laughing all the way, Brandon. Yes. And so also, <laughs> also at the at this point. Uh, I, again, we're, we're, I'm trying, I'm trying to give the plot so fast that I'm skipping over some major things. Lily from the letter that Jake gave her that said, uh, love always Jake. She was able to deduce based on handwriting that it, Jake was Santa. And, and so the while, paper. yes, the handwriting and, and, the, and the, and the, the fancy paper, um, yeah. So she tells Cecilia in the midst of them, like going through the catharsis of the, the of the dead dad. Yeah. Um, she's like, Hey, by the way, Jake was Santa and that, you know, so that, so they know he's Santa at this point point. they're at the wishing well, he shows up on the one horse sleigh, gives the spiel about how, you know, how much he loves her. Yeah. All that Sorry. Kind of I didn't tell you right away. I tried. Yes. I love you um, and I love Lily and I love our love. Long story short, they fall in love, right? Yeah. They have the kiss. Lily signs off. She's on board. Yeah. We're, we're happily, happily dating now. Right. And yeah. then, they ride off on the one horse open sleigh, leaving Mike Sullivan's snowmobile at the fucking wishing well. Now Mike's yeah. got to go back and get that. Yeah, like that was a really fucked up moment because that was like the thing said, that that of that that climax of the movie. That was the thing that stuck with me. Not the kiss, not the happy ending, but poor goddamn Mike Sullivan is going to have to walk all the way to the wishing well and get his fucking snowmobile. And obviously, it's not just right down the road if no. you're taking a one-horse open sleigh to him from. Also, huge plot hole. 
some dude from the a rider from Chicago is not going to be able to hop into a one horse open sleigh and drive that bad boy to and from multiple locations. Not um, I don't know, man. I don't know. That, <laughs> Just that horse. I, I'm giving all credit to the horse and none to Jake. I think the horse. Well, I mean, because you just have to snap the reins and then the horse kind of takes it from there, but you still have to steer it because he's going to have to take turns. Now that that, into town, that horse knows where he's going. Oh, my Lily's mom's house. Yeah. Brandon, don't don't at me with (laughs) Jake can ride the fucking one horse open sleigh, man. It just I'm saying he can't because the horse, the horse is doing all the work. The horse, the horse knows where it's going. But the, the GPS trip from the farm back into town, he's not going straight down the road. And no, but the horse, the horse to, knows where it's going. The but horse eventually knows. he's going to have to turn. And like the horse isn't going to know how to get to Lily's yes. mom's house. No, that's what I'm saying. Well. That's what I'm saying is the horse knows how to get to Lily's mom's house. The oh, horse oh is doing God. all of it. That's just, no, I yeah. damn it, Brandon. No. <laughs> God, if the postman Never. can be magic, the horse can be magic. Too, okay, <laughs> okay, all right. Jeez, <laughs> but that's driving that sleigh. That's the movie, though. That's that's <laughs> the end. Happy ending. Happy fucking ending. <laughs> but like, okay, so rewinding it all the way back. At first, I was very skeptical. I text you while I was watching this movie, and I was like, Brandon, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get through this. This is kind of got a little bit of a rough start, but. By the halfway point, I text you back and I was like, you know what? They won me over, tried and true. They they got the formula down. It makes sense why people like these movies. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. A quick message from our friends at Broken Forest Collective. Built on a passion for small batch and handcrafted products, Broken Forest provides high-quality casual wear and lifestyle goods that are American-made and built to outlast the fast fashion trends. They also plant a tree in Boulder, Colorado for every product sold. Visit BrokenForestCo.com and use the code CAKEEATERS15 for 15% off your order. I knew we were in for an above average to great uh, Hallmark Christmas movie just from the first like five minutes. Oh, Oh, it's time. It's time. All right. So we have summed up the movie. We know what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Brandon, you have the five keys to for for listeners. Get well, this part recorded. Before five we, keys to a great Hallmark movie. Before we do that, before I was so really interrupted, I want to say I knew we were in for a good Hallmark movie from the first five minutes because of the acting. Because the girl, the the girl who plays Lily, her name is Isadora Swan. Okay. Oh, that's a nice name. Great, great child actress. She kills it. She fucking nails it. Yeah. And then Marguerite is a fantastic actress. Yeah. Um, just them two carrying the movie because you can tell right right away when some of these these actors in these movies have no business like carrying the lead role here 
Um, but these two, the the girl who plays Lily and then Marguerite, they, they crushed it. They were both fantastic. And so regardless of the plot line, the acting was way better than you normally get in these Hallmark movies. Yeah, sometimes these Hallmark movies, the acting really turns the line to like the HR movies, you know, like the HR harassment videos. Sometimes these Hallmark movies really bump up against those HR Mm -hmm. videos. Mm -hmm. Okay, but so, so, uh, yeah, so I'll give you the five. I have the, the five keys to a good Hallmark Christmas movie. All right. If you're watching a Hallmark Christmas movie and it has all five of these things, you're in for a fucking treat. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I love this. So number one, first thing right off the bat is the setting. Okay. It's got to be a small town. Yep. Okay. Preferably in the Midwest. Yep. And or Northern, uh, Northern States. So like you can get away with the New York, a Maine, that kind of stuff. If you're not in the Midwest or a Northern state, like you can set, you can set one of these movies in like Florida or Texas on the with the one thing being the town in florida or texas has to be christmas themed oh gotcha there's a town like that north of atlanta yes and so so you german town well no it's got to be more than just uh more than just that that's that's just german themed. that's not really christmas they have like a whole christmas festival yeah but if you're gonna put it in florida it has to be in like santa claus florida okay or like The town has to be called Christmas, Texas, you know, North Pole, Arizona. Yes. Something like that. So it's got to okay. and it has to be a small town. Okay. It has to be a small town. Like what, what, what are you thinking? Like population no greater than 5,000? No, you can get a little bit bigger than that. Maybe I would 10? say nor- Northfield, the town they're in now, being how close it is to Minneapolis, that's as big as you can get, though. That's about oh. as big as you can get. Maybe like 10, so 15K. The population isn't so much the problem i think it's the proximity to a big city Mm. the farther away you can get you can bump the population up you know um but you just you can't be anywhere near a big city gotcha okay you have to be yeah one uh, one is location and setting small town small town two is dead family member if you've got a if you've got a dead husband a dead dad, a dead mom. If we're if we're grieving and overcoming the loss of a loved one, sign me up. I'm okay. In. All right. Okay. Because because that is going to bring the drama, the plot yes. line. Like you know that Christmas spirit is about to get sprinkled all up in this bitch. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. okay. Number three. Okay. Is you need a recognizable lead actress. Oh. I I have. They have to have been in something that I've seen before. Like Haley so like Duff. You, like Haley Duff. Or um, the girl who played DJ in Full House. She's in a bunch of these. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so somebody like that. Like one Connie, of the girls, Connie from the Mighty Ducks. One yeah. of the girls in Mead Girls. Like one of like the yes, she, she's it. She does she's a bunch in of these a now. Yeah. A ton yeah. of those now. I forget uh-huh. which one it is. Not the blonde one. No, and she, not Gretchen no, Wieners, it, but the other one. No, it is Gretchen. It's Gretchen. Oh, no, 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 no. Isn't Gretchen the one that that's parents invented pop tarts or dad invented pop tarts? Gretchen's the mean one. No, Gretchen's not the mean one. Oh, she's not. No. Oh. Now you're. I'm getting my wires crossed. I know. Now you got me second guessing everything. I'm. Right, it's Gretchen. Okay. It's the the lady who plays Gretchen. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She's in a bunch. That's yeah. That's perfect. Recognizable lead actress. 
Um, I just have to, I have to at least see her face and be like, what else is she in? You know, I need that. Lacey Chabert? It's it's probably French, so it's like Chabert. Chabert? Something like that. I'm just really fucking this part up. Just real hard. But yeah, she she played Gretchen, right? Yeah, she did play Gretchen Wieners, and she is in a mountain of Hallmark movies. Okay, so number three is a notable actress that's going to play the recognizable i don't have to know who she is i just have to i have to look at her and be like what do i know her from she's on something yes yeah yeah okay okay (laughs) and then so so number four is the side character face turn at the end okay and this movie this movie we have two we have randy who you're rooting against because you want jake to win yeah. At the end, he has a, like a nice heartfelt moment with Celia where he's like, I get it. Like, we're not each other's soulmates. Yeah. Um, it's a nice like little heart. So you're like, okay, Randy gets it. You yeah. know, I like Randy now. Yeah. And then the yeah. sister has a has a face turn at the end, too, where she's not a fucking bitch anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the so antagonist suddenly becomes. Yeah. Just a just a, the 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 person you've been rooting against the whole movie. It doesn't have to be like a complete face turn to where like they're your favorite character now, but it's just like you're not rooting against them anymore. Just a slight, you know, like the mean lady who's trying to like block the do whatever from happening in the small town. At the end, you find out, you know, she's not that bad. She's not that bad. Yeah. You know, yeah. She she ends up like like Stephanie, like what Stephanie does in the game. Yes. Where at the end she was, you know, she was the bad guy, bad guy, bad guy. But at the end, you know, you empathize with her because Clark was a douche the whole time. Yeah. And and she sees the air of her ways. Yeah. Yep. yep. The Grinch moment. Right. Where her heart grew three sizes that day. Exactly. So that's number four. Okay. You need the side character face turn. Okay. And number five, this is. This is one of the bigger ones. Okay. I would say, yeah, this was not in order. I guess I probably should have put them in order of importance. But number five, this is a big one, okay? Okay. So this is, throughout the movie, they either need to, it's one of the one of the two. They either need okay. to be breaking a curse or restarting a tradition. Okay. Wow. Okay, but, uh, and like restarting the tradition breaks the curse, right? Yeah, something along those lines. Uh, okay. Like b- breaking a curse, I, I, because well, some of these, like, there's like you know ghosts involved in some of these, yeah. and so like yeah. that. That's what I'm thinking when I with, with like breaking the curse is like you're, you know, there you break whatever is keeping them there, and they're able to you know pass on to the whatever you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, like like Scrooge type stuff. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and or, or restarting a tradition. So like it, in in Love Always Santa, it's the wishing well. They go yeah. back to the wishing well, and they and they cast the coin into the well, and that's mm-hmm. when Jake comes up dressed like a Santa impersonator on the one horse open sleigh, and that's wow, Brandon. <laughs> so if you have, those, a- those are the five. If you have all five of those in one movie, you're golden. It's going to be a great movie. Wow, that is that's a great analysis of Hallmark movies. Yeah. And now people that's the formula. And it's perfect timing. Now people know what to look for. Yep. Coming this holiday season. Yeah. Wow. Need to make that if there's sure. I I would say, I would say, because I didn't put these in order of importance. In order of importance, I'm gonna put small town number one. 
Yeah. That's got to be the top priority. If you turn on a Christmas movie and it's in Miami, Florida, shut that thing off right now. It's going to be garbage. Two, I'm going to say recognizable lead actress. Got to have your Haley Dunn. Mm-hmm. Three, I'm going to say breaking a curse, restarting a, a tradition. There's There needs to be some talk of we used to do this or we can't do that anymore or something like that along, yeah, like, along the lines. Like- the the spirit of the Grinch has taken over the town, and with this one act, Christmas spirit has been able to flow back through our souls again. Exactly. You need some of that. And then four would be dead family member. Don't let your dead dad down. A lot of that, exactly. Don't let your dead dad down. Um, a lot of the dead, I would say dead family member and breaking curse slash resetting tradition go hand in hand usually if you have one you got another you have the other um and then the least important number five would be side character face turn that's that's at the bottom of the list but because it doesn't have to happen but generally it does because it gives you exactly the warm feels all across that's that's what sets a good movie a good christmas movie from a great christmas movie is the is the face turn yeah, because at the end that just wraps it all up for one puts a nice little bow on tidy bow of happiness. Yes. <laughs> oh man. A Christmas bow. Oh wow. Whew. It's beautiful. So wow, I don't <laughs> I just I don't even know where else we could go from here, Brandon. What there, well the, oh, there's there, there's a couple more things I want to talk about about this right, movie. Let's we, we did let's we did a it. we did we tried to do a real quick synopsis i don't know how and quick we, it was it wasn't <laughs> not at all but um so a couple things we glossed over that i want to talk about is the letters okay they're writing jake and cecilia are writing the letters back and forth yes and this is okay i'll let you go but before you go it drove me nuts when he said that she was writing like two to three letters a day two to three letters a day yep. from minute minnesota there's, to chicago it didn't there's at least two scenes, I think, where the postman is handing Cecilia letters and he yeah. hands her multiple, like three or four. And he's like, oh, these are all for you. Wow. Wow. And they're yeah, like, wow, that's, that's four different conversations you're having at the same time. How it, what? Didn't make any goddamn sense. No. The, the yeah. letter stuff started really going off the rails because eventually I, you're just going to start texting. Yes, well, and I am glad that the the letters stopped halfway through the movie, and then they just they brushed it to the side. They're like, "This is, we don't need this anymore." Get it it's out. How it, it's how it got things kickstarted, right? Yes. And it was a good driver of the plot line. But yeah. yes, once the the letters, I'm glad they stopped too. Yes, it, it just didn't. The, the post office is not that efficient. Well, the postman is magic, though. He's we've established that he's a magic. Okay, he's, okay. he's either magic or he's fucking Santa Claus. Okay, Santa Postman. Okay, I'll give you that. All right. <laughs> uh, the, the other thing about the letters though, that was driving me crazy, and for any big movie buffs out there, it's the same issue that I have with uh, the great Keanu Reeves uh, Sandra Bullock movie, The Lake House, okay. when they're exchanging letters back and forth, because yeah. they do the same thing. So when they're exchanging letters back and forth, they're also doing voiceovers of what the people yeah. are saying. Yeah. And Oh, it drives me crazy. So they they do it so so we've established they're writing four letters a day, but and, th- and this explains why I guess that they're writing four letters a day because one of the letters is just one line of dialogue. Yeah. Because they they're like having the voiceover and their voiceovers is ha- are having conversations with each other one line at a time. 
Yeah. That's not how letters work. Yeah. That's a text message and or an actual in-person conversation. That's not how letters work. Yeah. Why would the, you write a letter with one fucking line in it? The letter system was beyond flawed. But it did that plus the montage did move the plot line along very quickly. Yes. Yeah. It got it, it did what it needed to do in that it, it it got them talking, it got them to know each other. Yeah, on you know. a deep level, you know, yes. like that way, love is blossoming. That way, when he flies to Minneapolis to meet her, you're you're not like, as oh, weird. This is a desperate as, act of a creep. Yeah, you're not as weird as that as as weirded out as you probably should be. Yeah, you know? <laughs> just, just a little bit of light stalking here. Yeah, to, <laughs> to round out the movie. Um, it, do do you want to give Randy a shot? Randy with a Y. We already talked about him a little bit, but we can yeah. just the the potato cannon, the book deal for the potato cannon, his ugly Christmas sweaters, you know the the ultimate like small town townie. Yeah. Randy, Randy, I do love his turn at the end. Oh yeah, well, his, his face turn at the end was great because I and I love the line when he so he shows up to the house, he knocks on the door and he's carrying a huge box of stuff and he's like, "Hey Cecilia, I just I I understand we're over. You don't want to go to go to Cuba or whatever. So here's all your stuff back." And Cecilia goes, Randy, we've been on like two dates. I don't have any stuff at your house. And he goes, oh, I guess it's just a box of stuff I don't want anymore then. Yeah. He just (laughs) leaves a huge box full of junk at her house. And for no reason. It doesn't do anything for the plot line. It made no sense why that whole interaction was in there. But it it was there to justify him showing up. Oh, you know? yeah, you're right. Okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. Because yeah. then that's where he gives his whole speech about, that, like, I understand that, like, we're not each other's soulmates. I will find mine out there at a book signing about my potato gun. Yeah. Potato cannon. Cannon, yes. Yeah. And then part of his speech is talking about um, the sister, Helen, and yeah. her husband, Greg. Greg. Yeah, Greg. Yeah. So Ra- Randy and Greg are the ones who are building the potato cannon. Greg is married to Helen, Cecilia's sister. And so Randy during his speech is like, um, I realized we're like we're not soulmates because Greg was talking about Helen. Yeah. Uh, and it's like described her as uh like waking up every morning to a new truck. Yeah. No, oh, that was such a great analogy. Yeah. And, you know, I wake up and I go outside, and it's like, oh, new truck. Yeah. And he's like, and Randy is like, and you know, Cecilia, me and you, we're just, we're not each other's new truck. And I get that. I get that. Uh, but so in like, you know, talking about how much Greg loves Helen, Helen overhears all this because she's in the, the same room with him. And yeah. so that leads to Helen's face turn where she realizes, hey, my life isn't terrible. My husband actually loves me. You know, maybe I should stop trying to actively ruin everybody else's life to make me feel better. Hmm. Mm-hmm. fucking Helen dude dude and she she really was like the absolute worst yeah you know yeah. just that you're supposed to support your sibling it's like Banks's dad all over again yeah exactly you know and her reasoning that she, she gave was just so stupid like she was talking about her husband died yeah you're being so selfish like yeah. what what is wrong with you? Like, yeah. get your out life is all your life. You've already won. Your life's better. Yeah. <laughs> your, your husband didn't die. Yeah. Like, hang, hang the banner, Helen. You won. 
oh, oh by the way got a dope trophy of a fork with a potato on it <laughs> from the competition that she won yeah so the, the sister just rubbed me the wrong way the whole entire movie yeah she was uh she was a garbage human being yeah even even at the end when she like came around to greg you were kind of like yeah okay yeah, yeah greg greg deserves better yeah someone that's gonna appreciate. well i don't know greg like during thanksgiving he was being like one of those guys that doesn't actually engage with anyone he just focuses on the football game yeah i mean he was thinking about his potato can you know yeah well that's true that's true it's a big competition yeah, coming. yeah he's got competitions to win he doesn't have time for fucking thanksgiving dude yeah. <laughs> um and then you know we also we've talked about him a little bit but your boy, Mike Sullivan. Mike Sullivan. Any, what else do you have to say about Mike Sullivan, Brandon? I just feel bad that his fucking snowmobile got left out there. That was the most heartbreaking thing of this whole movie. Especially because he was nothing but a giver to Lily. Just a exactly. giver, giver, giver. Because they they, they they mention his name like two or three times throughout the movie. and He then... draws um, the illustrations for all of her stories. That's where he first comes yeah, yeah. up. Mike's, yes. and, and that is non-negotiable for her book signing contract. I, for, I forgot about that. Yeah, Jake, <laughs> I forgot about that. That's one of Jake's like first note to her about her book is like, what can we do about these illustrations? And Lily's, Lily goes, those are Mike Sullivan's drawings and they are non-negotiable. Yeah. He stays. <laughs> okay. Mike, Mike Sullivan stays. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Good kid. Just a great, that, that's, that's one of those good, kid. uh, good kids you want your daughter today. You know, all the dads out there, Brandon yep. Parenting Corner, you know, find, exactly. find your daughter a nice Mike Sullivan. Yeah. Raise, raise your son as a, as a Mike Sullivan. You know? Wow. Yeah. That's all the way around. You know, be it, <laughs> raise gentlemen out there, you know, exactly. raise them to be characters from Lord of the Rings. They're and, vulnerable. They laugh, they cry, they sing together. Yes. Yeah. And please, for the love of God, buy your son a snowmobile. Uh, not dangerous, just cool. That's it. Um, that's that's. I think that's Mike Sullivan's uh, tagline. Not dangerous, just cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> like his uh, Instagram yeah, thing, right? Bio, his Tinder yeah. bio. Yeah. Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he's swiping like crazy in Minneapolis. I can tell you that. Oh, did you want to the Ernest Hemingway? puns oh yeah the 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 Ernest Hemingway cafe was was a was a lot for me it was it was it was too much I don't know what demographic those jokes were for but they didn't land I don't think they were for yeah they I mean Ernest you can't really do Ernest Hemingway puns well, I his, guess that was his, a joke yeah his style of writing doesn't lend itself to puns because it's so wordy and fucking you know <laughs> like the bun also rises that's the best one that you could do outside of that like what was yeah. the the old man and the tea yeah well like that's, and, um, that's too long of a name for somebody just to order tea like yeah, and like the, the pickle pun- one the the oh uh was it dylan manjaro yeah <laughs> dylan dylan ajaro yeah but yeah <sighs> They're just they're they're too long for restaurant puns, you know. Restaurant puns need to be short and quick. Ah, man, I don't know. I, I, I love. They also a good they also pun, bonded. 
So they bonded over Ernest Hemingway, and they also, in the letters that they were writing back and forth, they bonded over T.S. Eliot. Did you hear that, too? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. bunch of, yeah. just, it's the most pretentious people ever. <laughs> it set him up as kind of a pretentious writer. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Ernest Hemingway, and I, I love T.S. Eliot, but, you know, for you to, <laughs> to bond over letters talking about T.S. Eliot, come on, guys. Yeah, listen, I'm not going to sit here and talk about literary works because, you know, Tolkien, that's that's what I got. That, that's all you got. That's, that's I thought you were going to list it. List well, I mean, like, names, you no, know, Tolkien, Tolkien, J.K. Rowling, you know, like, it's I listen to a lot of that kind of stuff. Although, um, Patrick Rothfuss with the King Killer Chronicles, can we get the fucking third book already, man? It's been a it's been a decade. Ten years, know what, Brandon. I don't even know what any of those words meant. Well, the King Killer Chronicles is a great supposed to be trilogy, but <laughs> the third book hasn't it's been 10 years since the second book came out. Dang. Yeah. So, anyways, um, lots of great puns, but as I don't really have too much else, right? Like this is this I, is a great I think that, this that, is a great Christmas. It up, yeah. But I think we I think we can wrap it up with awarding Marguerite with the golden cakey for best performance golden cakeys you know we got to bust it out best performance best actor best parent uh, i mean she crushed it from beginning to end she did she was fantastic in this movie and like i said this movie is far and away one of the best hallmark christmas movies out there um so i highly recommend it especially this time of year i highly recommend anybody to watch it um, especially if if Christmas movies are your thing, yeah. this is one of the Hallmark Christmas movies to watch because a lot of them are not going to be anywhere near this good. No. Get this bad boy on your DVR. You know, hark the yeah, herald if, if angels you, will sing. If you can find a way to watch it, because it it was it's a it's a struggle to find a way to watch this movie. But if you can't find a way, I, I suggest you do it. Uh, you'll have a holly jolly Christmas. That's for sure. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Please remember to follow and like us on Instagram at the Cake Eaters Pod, on Twitter at the Cake Eaters. Also, reach out to us via email, thecakeeaterspod at gmail.com, or visit our website, thecakeeaterspod.com. <laughs>